Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. Or you can send an offering to Harrison United Church by visiting harrisonunited.com and clicking the donate button or by mail at Harrison United Church, P.O. Box 298, Harrison, Ontario, Canada, N0G1Z0. Thank you so very much and God bless. Good morning, everyone. Here are today's announcements. Please note that our return to in-person worship begins Sunday, February 20th at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to seeing those able to attend. On the following Sunday, February 27th, part of our service will include our annual meeting. This is organized with the intention of creating a reasonable time commitment for all attending. Both will take place in the CE Hall and will also be aired online. You can check our Facebook page, YouTube channel, or call the church office for, for more information. Our rain date, if required, will be the following Sunday, March 6, also in the CE Hall. As always, please remember to register with our church office by the Thursday before. Proof of vaccination is still a requirement for those attending. Also, our firm committee will be making some special announcements later this month and in early March for Pi Day and for more affirming videos to watch as well.
For more information about various events at Grace, including our ukulele groups for children and adults, physical activity groups, Sunday coffee time, book club, and Latin study, and much more, check our Friday forecast to keep up to date on all that is happening. Take care, and may life's blessings be with you. Hi, I'm Adam Olivero, Chair of the Affirming Committee at Grace United Church in Hanover, Ontario, and I would like to bring you this video from the Affirm United uh, itself, talking a little bit about Pi Day and what it all means. So let's hear from that video right now. Hi, I'm Pam Rocker. And I'm Stefan Yudo. And we're here today at the Sidewalk Citizen Bakery to talk to you about Pi. Now, who doesn't love Pi? We're using the acronym PIE, P-I-E, to talk about what affirming faith communities look and feel like. Public, intentional, and explicit. PIE. Now, let's talk about what we mean by affirming. Oh, right. I was getting distracted by PIE. Some churches may say, we're already welcoming, so why would we need to become affirming? Well. Affirming is shorthand for faith communities that have taken intentional steps of education, discernment, and theological exploration, including hearing stories and community engagement. And then they voted yes, making an ongoing commitment to being actively inclusive, particularly to those who have been traditionally marginalized by religion, such as the LGBTQ2SIA community. Now, let's get back to Affirming is a great word, but how do we go about being affirming? What does it look and feel like? And how do we measure how we're doing and where we can grow? Starting with P for public, which means how is your community being public about what they believe, who they support, and what inclusivity means for them. Pie. I is for intentional. Many people and groups, churches included, assume that gender and sexual diversity are fully accepted, so no special efforts are needed. Sadly, this simply isn't true. Most discrimination against the queer community is still religiously motivated, and affirming churches are rare, so those who are affirming need to express radical love with intention. They should be deliberate in their process of dialogue, education, and celebration as an ongoing part of their ministry. These things done with intention can be transformative and can keep your ministry fresh and relevant. last ingredient is A for explicit. Affirming ministries should be explicitly loud and proud, and they should clearly indicate in their mission statement and everywhere else that the LGBTQ2SIA plus community is embraced and needed 
and every facet of church life. Be specific, name our community, and invite queer people to come and speak on Sunday morning, and make sure that every visitor will know what you believe in. Affirming ministries really make a difference. The impact of their public, intentional, and explicit presence is huge. It really matters to people, not only because it creates great communities, but because it's faithful. What else can we do? We can march the Pride Parade. We can put up signs and symbols showing who we are, start or continue our affirming journey, and partner with other ministries. And don't forget to celebrate National Affirming Pi Day every year on March 14th. 3.14. Pi Day? Get it? This has been delicious. And easy as, well, you know. So let's celebrate Pi year round and give the world a taste of affirming. Huh. Do you think we should just have one more piece? Well, there's always space for one more. Thank you very much to Affirm United for explaining what Pi Day is. As you can see, it's a very fun day, and it occurs on March 14th every year, but that's a, a Monday this year in 2022, so technically we'll be celebrating on the 13th. But nothing says you can't have Pi on the 13th and the 14th. By all means, go right ahead. It's Pi Day. Uh, I did want to encourage you to watch our Pi Day service that we held uh, virtually at Grace United Church last year. We'll have links for that on our Facebook page if you have trouble finding it. It is on our YouTube channel. Uh, we brought together churches from the Western Ontario Waterways region and the Shining Waters uh, wa region together uh, over Zoom last year to talk about affirming and what it meant to them. Some of the churches are going through the affirming process, some have gone through, and in the meantime, since we had that uh, Zoom meeting too, I should give congratulations to uh, the Western Ontario Waterways itself becoming an affirming region as well. So I would encourage you to watch the video, again, watch for the links on our Facebook page or find it on our YouTube channel. Get out some pie and watch it, and uh, I hope you enjoy and uh, really take in the conversation we had around the affirming process here as we celebrate Pie Day 2022. And friends, as we gather for worship today, we remember that for thousands of years, indigenous people have walked on this land. Their relationship with the land is at the center of their lives and their spirituality. As we worship today, we recognize that we are all treaty people. At Grace United, we are part of Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half, and we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Ojibwe, Anishinaabek, and the Métis people. We acknowledge the pain and broken relationship that has come with colonization and an ongoing history of oppression and racism. We pray that God may lead us in ever working towards building right relationship. Come, 
Let us worship together. Good morning. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Amen. We join together in calling one another to worship. A vision on a mountaintop as Jesus, Moses, and Elijah appear. The disciples reawaken to the holy in their midst. Songs of praise, prayers of need, worship shared in community, time to ponder the sacredness of being. The rising of the sun, new life waiting for the warmth of spring, reminders of creation's value. The spirit drawing us together into the richness of community. In each moment, God's presence is known and life is blessed. Let us pray. Holy God, with the blessing of this new day, open us to your presence and to the blessings that surround us. Strengthen us that we may dare to enter the fullness of life and trust in the embrace of holy love. Amen.
I'm Raymond Bryan, though I prefer to be called Nature. I work with Nature Network in Nairobi. It's a, a transgender-led organization for LGBTI Ugandans, uh, those with talents. We do music, dance and drama. We do vlogs. We do audio radio. We do psychosocial supports. Uh, we do, we sensitize people on HIV, human rights. If I go to our close friends and tell them that Raymond is HIV positive, have I gone wrong? You're doing more harm than good. My name is Solomon Gishira. I'm the acting general secretary of Pembiza Christian Council. Pembiza Christian Council is the council for African Christians living in the margin. We have so many people who are within uh, the Christian fraternity, but they don't feel that they are within the mainstream. It's like they are living in the peripheries. And Pembezo actually comes from the Swahili word of Pembezoni, which means at the edges. When, when talking about Pembezo, oh my God, it has done so much because it was the first organization in Kenya where I myself got a chance to get psychosocial support after the anti-homosexuality bill was passed in Uganda. Um, many people faced a lot of insecurities. Many people were threatened to be killed. So here is where we come up with a safe house as a place of hold for people to find refuge. So far we have 16 members in the house. These people arrive in those safe houses when they are shaken, uh, traumatized by the experiences that they've had. And so we try to look for professional counselors who are also affirming through the safe house. They find uh, colleagues there who are embracing and who have been through similar situations that they can share their experiences and gradually there is healing. <laughs> we welcome the Nature Network. Many people came into our inboxes and they were like, oh my god, oh my god, we really did an, an, an interesting topic, which was about brave. And today we are back <laughs> with the counselor. Could you please say hi to the viewers or and the listeners too? <laughs> the viewers and the listeners of Nature Network, mm. we are back again. Mm. People are coming to our inbox telling us, ah, because of your network, I'm changed. Even if he's gay, but he can do radio. Even if he's gay, he can sensitize the community. And for me, I feel so good when like, I get to change one person, one person's perspective. The very seed capital for Pembizo to start its operations came from the United Church of Canada. The support comes to support the safe house, the psychosocial support. We see the role of United Church of Canada in Pembizo's work as the mustard seed that germinates to an overwhelming um, a tree. And here is the ministry of Christ planted in a very small way. Your contributions to the Mission and Service Fund of the United Church of Canada help make programs like this possible. Thank you and please continue to give.
week's readings are Mark chapter 9, verses 2 to 9. And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John, and leadeth them up into a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared unto them Elias with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. For he wits not what to say, for they were sore afraid. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. And suddenly, when they had looked round about, they saw no man any more, save Jesus only with themselves. And they came down from the mountain, and he charged them that they should tell no man what things they had seen, till the Son of Man were risen from the dead. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Words matter. One lesson that we learn throughout our lifetime is that the words that we use matter. Whether they are spoken or written, the words that we choose to express ourselves, to begin or end an argument with, to describe a person, place, or thing, to give critique or criticism, these words matter. 
We can do harm or lift up, infuriate or bless another person solely on the power of our words. As someone who does a lot of speaking and writing as part of my job, I am always very aware of the words that I use and the power that they hold. Yet even with that awareness, I often mess up or find myself tripping over my words or apologizing for saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Our words matter, and it's important that we take care to think about the message that we are offering with them. This is my son, the beloved, listen to him. The voice seems to come from within the cloud surrounding them, a voice from a source beyond what they can see or imagine, a voice that causes them to stop in confusion and wonder, who is that speaking? Could it be God? What a day this is turning out to be. When Jesus invited them up the mountain, they really didn't expect to hear from God. Now, to be honest, they weren't really sure what to expect, but this was definitely not it. I mean, there is Jesus chatting with Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah. It was so amazing and confusing that they didn't know what to think. They didn't know what to say. They were so terrified. Peter had spoken quickly at one point and wondered about making three dwellings for these three amazing people, their beloved teacher and two of the greatest ancestors of their faith. But that idea fizzled quickly. Almost as quickly a, a cloud had surrounded them and their, the message from within spoke to their very core. This is my son, the beloved listen to him. As they look at each other to make sure that they'd all heard this voice, this voice of mystery, this voice of God, they realized that they were no longer in the company of Elijah and Moses. The greatest of their faith were gone and they were left on the mountain with Jesus, dazzled and confused, wondering what would happen next. As if to answer, Jesus started back down the mountain, and the three disciples turned and followed. Today, we are celebrating Transfiguration Sunday and the end of the season of Epiphany. During this season, we have been exploring stories that reveal to us who Jesus is and shine a light for us to follow in his way, truth, and life. This week, we will begin our journey into Lent as we mark Ash Wednesday and begin walking towards Easter. Marking the time between these seasons, between light and journey, between stars and ashes, is the Sunday of Transfiguration. Every year we celebrate it and we hear the same story, though from different Gospels. We read how Jesus and some of his disciples go up a mountain, and in their time there, the spirits of Moses and Elijah join them. Jesus is transfigured, changed, transformed in front of them. 
and the voice of God is heard telling them to listen to the one who is God's beloved child. I'd like us to reflect a bit more on what it means to listen to the words of Jesus. Our reading today began with the words, six days later, which leads us to wonder what happened six days before this mountain excursion. Before this transfiguration experience, Jesus had been traveling with his disciples and he had asked them what people were saying about him. Who do people say that I am? He asked. And the disciples told him that some wondered if he was John the Baptist, while others thought that maybe he was Elijah or one of the prophets. Then when Jesus asked the disciples who they thought he was, Peter responded by saying, You are the Messiah. Jesus then taught them about how the Son of Man would suffer, be rejected and killed, and rise again on the third day. Peter didn't like this line of conversation and so rebuked Jesus, which caused Jesus great frustration. He then told the disciples if any, if any of them wanted to become his followers, they needed to deny themselves and take up their cross and follow. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for his sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. This is a hard teaching for anyone following Jesus to digest and understand, but it seems to be especially difficult for those who heard it firsthand, those who don't have the luxury of time and distance to wonder what those words mean, what their message really is. Repeatedly throughout the Gospels, we are told that the disciples have a hard time comprehending the message that Jesus has for them, especially when it comes to his suffering and death. To be honest, I'm not sure we can really blame them. It must be tremendously difficult to hear someone who you consider to be your teacher and friend, a person who you left your livelihood and family behind in order to follow, a person whose teaching you find so powerful and transformative, talking about it all coming to an end, about his life coming to an end. It's enough to make the strongest among us dazzled and afraid. This is why in our lesson for today, Jesus reminds the disciples to listen to Jesus, the beloved son, to listen to his words, to listen to him when he talks about suffering and dying, to listen to him when he talks about rising in three days, to listen to him when he teaches and preaches in their company, to listen to him when he talks to strangers and provides healing to those who long to be restored, to listen to him when he challenges the authorities and stands up to the status quo of the day. God wants them to listen to Jesus because the words that he uses are transformative and they have the ability to change their lives, to change those who they encounter and to change the world. We are also called to listen to the words of Jesus, 
to listen to his words and to allow them to change our lives and our hearts, to really listen to what he says, not just to hear the words that we have heard a hundred times before, but to really listen and to let those words transform us, to listen and to realize that the words of Jesus, filled with hope, challenge, and grace, have the power to convert us into the people God calls us to be. People who seek justice and love kindness. People who try to lift up those who have been oppressed and prepare a longer table to seat all who are hungry. People who love without limit and cry with those who hurt and sit with those who need comforting and rage against the injustices of the day. People who work together to make real the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. People who listen, truly listen, to the words of Jesus and make them our life's work. At the end of our gospel reading, it says that Jesus and the disciples made their way back down the mountain. The transfiguration, while amazing and almost indescribable, was not the end of the story. Instead, they found, find themselves heading back down the mountain, back down into the muck and grime of living, back into the mundane nature of everyday life, down into the religious and political quarrels of the day, down into the jealousies and rivalries, both petty and overblown, which color our relationships, down into the poverty and pain that are part and parcel of our lives in this world, down into the joys and sorrows, into the heartbreak and happiness, into the everyday, beautifully messy complexities of life. Jesus came back down from the mountain to live once more among God's people, to continue to reveal to them the love and grace of God. And the disciples came back down with him because they still had so much more to learn from both his actions and his words. They had been to the mountaintop, but Jesus knew that there was still work to be done on this road they were traveling. His mission was not yet finished. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. With those words, God reminds us to continue to listen carefully to the words of Jesus, to the words of the one who we call the word of God, to listen to the words of the one we follow as savior. They may not always be easy to hear, but we need to listen. We are reminded to listen to his words and to allow them to transform both us and our lives. For words matter. And the words of Jesus matter in our lives of faith. May our lives as his disciples reflect that we have listened to and learned well from his words. May we be transformed in our call to be disciples of Jesus the Christ the living word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us join together in prayer. Ever-present God, 
You lead us in mountaintop experiences filled with wonder, awe, strength, and assurance. And you lead us through the difficult journeys when we enter times of struggle, searching, and aching. You fill our lives with love, surrounding us with caring companions, and you give us strength. We give thanks to you for the blessings of life. We give you thanks for this new day, for the love that surrounds us, for the beauty of nature, for the ways in which we remember that while we are physically distanced, your spirit draws us together as community. Help us, O oh God, to remain ever mindful of the rich blessings of life. Reveal to us the ways in which we are all important parts of your outpouring of great love. We give you thanks, O oh God, for the gifts of time, talent, love, prayer, and money that are shared by so many and that give us the means and the strength to be a community of worship and outreach. Bless and guide the gifts that we share and help us to always remember that we are blessed to be a blessing to one another. Like Peter, O oh God, we too know the path is not always easy. We know the temptation to stay only in the peaceful and the comfortable. But we, are also, we also know the aching of this world and the needs within our own hearts. In love, we pour out our prayers. We pray for all who are grieving, grieving the death of a loved one, the toll of this pandemic, the loss of dreams that did not come true, changes in health or ability or work. Holy God, be their comfort and wrap them in our love. We pray for all who are feeling overwhelmed and exhausted, for all who work in education, in caring professions, in ministry, healthcare, for parents and students, for those who work in essential services, for first responders, and many more. We pray, O oh God, be their comfort and wrap them in our love. We pray for all who are in the hospital, all who are ill, for those who are waiting and those who are recovering from surgery. We pray for all who are dying. We pray for family and friends and caregivers. Holy God, be their comfort and wrap them in our love. We pray for Dr. Ian Era, Dr. Nicola Mercer, Dr. David Williams, Dr. Teresa Tam, and all who work in public health and those who help shape policy. Holy God, bless their decision-making, bring them strength and encourage them, and continue to fill them with wisdom. Wrap them in our love. O oh God, we offer our individual prayers to you now. We pray all this in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Reverend Debbie McMillan shares the following reflection for Black History Month, and these are her words. I'm a history grad who doesn't know all my own history. I'm biracial, but I'm racialized as black. I thought I was Canadian, but I know and understand in my head and in my heart that I am a settler 
on stolen land. So I have questions. How do I identify myself? To whom do I belong? Who are my people? I'm the black great-granddaughter of Orange Lodge members. It was what it was in Canada. My great-aunt, my maternal grandfather's sister, spoke in racial and cultural slurs about anyone not from Northern Ireland. She used the N-word about me before I was born. I'm not sure if she used it after I was born because we had no relationship. Because my grandfather learned to love me, it took him four weeks, three days, and a few hours, apparently. And he never stopped. He's dead, and I know he still loves me. It's so easy for me to center my whiteness because that's what I know. Whiteness raised me, clothed me, fed me, educated me, and taught me about Christianity. I am learning my black history. I am learning black histories. Do you see what I did there? I turned histories into a plural because there is more than one. There is more than one black history because there is more than one black person. But if there is one common ancestor, it is a continent full of countries, full of folks. It is our mother, the motherland, Africa. To many of us in exile from ourselves and from our histories, she is a stranger of mythic and epic proportions. Africa is matriarch and her children bless the nations. Who is Abraham? The trunk of the tree that gives rise to a branch of Christianity, a branch of Judaism, a branch of Islam. Abraham is patriarch. Childless Abraham and childless Sarah receive a promise that they will father and mother many nations. Their offspring will be as numerous as stars in the sky or grains of sand on a seashore. We are the grains of sand. We are the stars. We are their offspring. We are the children of promise. We can look back in our sacred stories and say with certainty, there, there is our father, there is our mother. This is our family tree. We find strength in connection, strength from looking back, which empowers us to move forward into the future. My DNA tells stories in a language that I can't understand on my own. I have to pay a company to decipher what is mine anyways, to unravel the mysteries of what is in me, in my own body that only I own, to uncover a history that was stolen from me when slavery stole my ancestors from their homes. My family and I can go back as far as Jamaica, but the branch has been cut off after that. There is a void the size of an ocean and as deep as a cargo hold full of human beings, fetid and fettered in chains, stacked like so much cordwood on a country estate. Africa is a backward glance over the shoulder, then a line on the horizon, then a distant memory. Then what? And we have kept moving forward. We don't know villages or names. We don't know our patriarchs and matriarchs. The Sankofa, the bird symbol, 
teaches us that there is no shame in looking back. The Sankofa stands with her feet facing forward, but her head turned back to the past. Perhaps she is reaching for the egg she hides in her wing. Sankofa stands in the presence, seeking answers from history that will lead her into the future. Sankofa is a lesson I have learned. She is hope to me as I continue to learn my histories as a child of the African diaspora. We look to Abraham and Sarah, patriarch and matriarch, learners of their purpose journeying on a road paved by God. They thought they knew who they were until God said, you are more, so much more. Son and daughter of the covenant, you are so much more. We in the Abrahamic diaspora are covered in that covenant. We are all more, so much more than we think we are. Well, friends, as we come to the end of our worship and to begin our service, may we continue to allow the words of Jesus to transform us and to influence all of our living, our words and our actions. And as we go, may we see the face of Christ in every person that we meet and may every person that we meet see the face of Christ in each one of us. Let us go in love and peace and in hope. Amen.
Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you, whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. Or you can send an offering to Harrison United Church by visiting harrisonunited.com and clicking the donate button or by mail at Harrison United Church, P.O. Box 298, Harrison, Ontario, Canada, N0G1Z0. Thank you so very much and God bless.